coming up on this week's edition of the Smitty and Mitty Show. Me and Mitty talk World Cup and Major League Baseball. Then I'll be joined by the newest owner in the Intercounty Baseball League, Dom Dinell. It all starts right now. And now... Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Start your engines! 90% of the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. The show that's got everyone saying... You're so dumb, for real. With Smitty. What you just said is one of the most idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Mitty. I've been in this business 15 years. What's your name? you. That's my name. This is the Smitty Mini Show. Welcome back to the Smitty and Mini Show across the TSMS radio network. Tyler Middleton and Noah Smith here with you for the next hour approximately. And we're going to have some very mediocre sports talk coming your way. First, let's thank our sponsors. Dave Middleton, Sunlight Financial, Life is Brighter. Directly under the sun, it's very bright. Directly, just right under that sun. So bright, so hot. Also, thank you to Goldline Curling, the choice of champions. They are also the sponsor of the 2022 Ontario, 2023, pardon me, Ontario Tankard. And Scotty's happening at the Plex in Port Elgin. Check out online i did see that single game or single uh, event tickets and and weekend tickets were on sale so check out online for that there mr smith how are you now that's funny i don't actually remember our sponsorship package saying directly under the sun i'm, I'm assuming you added a bunch of lib there me yeah i i think that's what's on the sunlight building directly under the sun it's really I, hot that's what it says right i think, it, well, I think what building. it specifically says on the side of the big sunlight the, building the main- in montreal it, or in yeah in montreal it says it says sunlight financial life is brighter directly under the sun actually it's really hot directly under the sun and really bright yes i think that's you're right now that i see it I'm totally you're, just, you're not picturing it that's the problem. Not, you have to you have to picture it on the building i've never been to montreal so how am i supposed to know what the sunlight financial building looks like in montreal if i've never been to montreal it's a very big building i actually have been there so. Okay, well, that's good to know. So now uh, now today on things that people didn't know about Mitty, we're going to list all the cities that he's been to and all the Sun Life Financial buildings that he has seen. I'm assuming there's only one. Well, the Sun Life Financial, I mean, I've seen the one in Kincardine. Okay, that's good. So two. So at least two. There's one in Owen Sound, so that's three. So like we're getting, that's a trifecta. Yeah, we're already off to a great start. I've, I've, I've been to Texas. I've been to a lot of cities. Okay. Uh, I've, been to, I've been to city. Dallas. I've been to but, Dallas. Okay. I've been to Houston. Okay. I have. Uh, I've, 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 I've been to Tennessee, which is also another state. I've been to Memphis in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. That's where we were specifically. Uh, Vero but, Beach, uh, Florida. Cleveland. Lucy, Florida. Been to Cleveland? I've been through Cleveland. Mm. Um, I don't think I ever stopped in Cleveland, and that was purposefully. Yeah, I was there once and wanted to leave pretty quick. That's, it actually it, wasn't that bad. We went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It was fantastic. So it doesn't it doesn't look like the cleanest of cities, but what do I know? I've never been there. I don't I don't just want to sit here and talk anything. Cleveland for a while. Okay. I mean, well, I have been to on, Detroit, and if we're talking about cities, uh, Detroit. Yeah, Detroit's a nice place. New bridge going up though. <laughs> so as soon as the new bridge from Windsor to Detroit's there, I'm gonna have to go to Detroit. Got to try the new bridge. That's gonna bring all the money back to the auto, the auto plants. Is that little bridge? 
back that into little bridge. some little tiny big bridge. <laughs> All right, coming up on the show today, we're going to talk some baseball, talk a little bit about Major League Baseball and some signings happening this past week. Uh, we're going to dive into some more baseball. I have a, an interview coming up in the second segment of the show on the podcast and on the radio uh, with Dom Donnell. He's the new owner of the newest intercounty baseball league team, the expansion expansion team announced that is coming to Chatham, Ontario. So I'll talk to him a little bit about the plans for that new franchise. And then uh, we'll dive into a little bit of World Cup in the back half of the show as well. So got a whole lot of sports content coming up for what is going to end up being one of our last few shows of 2022 before the Christmas holidays. Have we decided what we're going to do? Yes, I sent out emails to all the radio stations this week already. So uh, don't so worry, about, to worry it. about it. Don't worry okay. about it. Logistically, I've handled it all. So Okay, you let me know when I have to be there and I will be there. Okay, well, I'm letting you know right now that we're starting the show and we're going to talk a little bit about Major League Baseball and some signings because in true fashion... Everything happens all at once, and now we have to talk about it all in the next 10 minutes. Does that make you extremely scared for the Toronto Blue Jays? Because it kind of does me. Okay. Not, not, not that I think that most of these free agents that have signed. I mean, obviously, some huge signings. Uh, Justin Furlander going to the Mets. That's, that's this uh, I think, $43 million annually. But I think it's only a two-year deal, so that's that. Um, I, I mean... Obviously, DeGrom signing the second highest AAV in Major League history, $185 million for five years. Would you have given Jacob DeGrom a five-year deal? I don't care what the money is, but would you have given him a five-year deal? Mm, probably. You would have given five would be the most I would go. How many years of that do you think he's actually going to pitch? I think if you get like two and a half to three years of Jacob DeGrom altogether. That's... I, I think it's the other way. I think they're hoping for three or four, three or four. Anytime you do a contract nowadays, it just seems like you're throwing the last year at the window, at least the last year, maybe the last two, depending on the guy. So uh, DeGrom three, four years, three years for sure. Fourth, not doing very well. I don't know. I, I think you could live with five years. I think you could live with signing him on a five-year deal. Then if you think that's crazy, how about Trey Turner signing an 11-year, $300 million deal with the Philadelphia Phillies? 11 years. That, it's, getting, it's getting ridiculous how long these contracts are because, that, I mean, that, that's, that that's assumably what, what Judge is looking for is, is like a six, seven, eight-year deal. Like 11 years. How can you tell me what someone's going to be 11 years from now? I don't even care how old he is right now. Well, also, let's take into account that a guy like Trey Turner is – what's Trey Turner good for? His speed. His speed. Speed is something that doesn't necessarily stick with you for the next 11 years. So you mean he's not going to be as fast when he's 40 years old as he is right now? Not statistically. You know, that's not usually how it works for most guys. Uh, so you're really banking on that kind of deal. At a and how, how long do you, on Trey Turner. How long do you expect him to even play shortstop for? Like, how long is he going to be your shortstop? Because you can't expect 11 years of defensive shortstop play. Sure. So if you sign him for 11 years, you're expecting Trey Turner as he is right now. Um, an elite shortstop. I'll put him in that category. For four, maybe five more years. Is that fair? Like four or five of those 11 years, he could be your shortstop, your guy at shortstop. After that, you start getting into, assuming everything goes right, he stays healthy, blah, 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 blah. After the five-year mark, you're now into six years of 
Where is he? What's he going to do? Is he my second baseman? Is he my old Wiley vet? Like, what are we doing here for the next six years? I, I think I think for probably like seven or eight years, you could get, I mean, look at how long Derek Jeter played shortstop and he was not a very good shortstop in the first place. Like, I think you can get away with playing shortstop deep into your years, but not for 11 years, not that long. Eventually he's going to be a DH. And when you already have some pretty massive contracts on that team, I just don't, I don't think the Philadelphia Phillies know how to use their money properly. <laughs> like, is, is this not a deal that when you first look at it, because when I first looked at it, when I first read it, this to me screams a deal where it's not going to last the 11 years. Not a chance. He's going to retire in oh. seven or eight. Or there's going to be a, a buyout. Or a like, buyout I, I don't know what the structure like of the deal is, but usually... I would assume this is front end loaded. How could it not be? Yeah. But either way, so the Toronto Blue Jays, they missed out on a couple of guys that I think that they were seriously in on. Those people that we talked about before, they probably weren't in on. But when you look at the names like, um, like you know, Andrew Heaney, who they were kind of tied to, and, and he ends up going to the Rangers on a two-year deal. Cody Bellinger, who there was a lot of fuss around for the Toronto Blue Jays, signs a one-year $17.5 million contract for the Cubs of all people. Uh, I think uh, Zach Eflin signed with the Rangers. Like, I think you're just losing some usable arms that are cheap because the one reason Cody Bellinger would fit in with the Toronto Blue Jays is because he only wanted a one-year deal. And you can't really afford to keep somebody for too much longer. So when you're losing these guys constantly going off the board very quickly, and the Jays aren't even rumored to really be part of the conversation, then I wonder what the plan is, especially when you trade Teoscar Hernandez. So you have a gap in the outfield. You have an accident. Uh, you have too many second basemen. You really got a reliever who might help you, might not help you that much, might not be the guy you want. What are the, what's the plan here? What are they doing? Are they too focused on a new building? Well, let's go back and quickly the Teoscar Hernandez trade, which as we record this, and by the time this gets to air, the Teoscar Hernandez trade is going to be nearly four weeks old now. Uh, and we, and when I say we, I mostly mean myself and uh, numerous other people on the internet. We're assuming that this deal was getting made in part to maybe indicate that there was a deal on the horizon. They were signing someone that was almost a certain thing. It's looking like that's not the case now. I thought for sure you'd be seeing a bat like Cody Bellinger get signed by the Blue Jays. Not the case. Now you're starting to see all these dominoes fall. All these guys are going. All these guys are getting signed. They're running out of time, and they're running out of time quick if they want to try to replace what they've given up already. So some guys that are free agents that are still out there, there's still a huge list. So it's not like you are you know, running out of time. There's still a lot of people out there you got Taiwan Walker still you got Trey Mancini you got David Price that could be interesting you got Anthony Goes who is now I mean Jays fans might remember that name as an outfielder he is now a left-handed pitcher who throws about 100 miles an hour yeah so that is somebody that could be useful Zach Britton is still out there Joey Gallo a left-handed bat uh Aroldis Chapman is still a free agent Michael Brantley who they were tied to last year like there are a whole lot of names still out there that could be useful for this team. I just feel like it's getting to the time where you have to start putting money down if you want to. And they're kind of showing us, I think a little bit how much after spending a lot of money 
the past couple of years that maybe they've hit their cap. Maybe they're starting to back into where uh, Rogers might say no. Yeah. I think you're starting to get to that point as well, too. Um, we've heard from the front office that there isn't quite really that limit that we think there is, but I think it is there. And I there think there has to be something there. Right. And I think they're kind of getting to that point where they can't, um, they can't afford to do those seven, eight, nine, 11 year deals with anybody. Well, that's where I think they, they see on the horizon that Vladdy, Bo, Manoa, those guys are all going to come up in fairly short order. You're only about what, two, three years away from those guys needing contracts. So you can't, you can't sign these big contracts anymore. You need to be looking at these short-term deals where you can save a little bit of money. You can get them off the books before your big guys come up or before you have to make a decision on if you're going to keep those big guys. Cause I mean, that's got to be the decision too, is can all of these guys that who are going to make a lot of money even stay with the team? You got to capitalize on these next three years, get something done, James. Well, we talked about how the window is here. The window is now for the Toronto blue Jays. It's not even uh, Christmas. <laughs> yeah. It is getting it, it. We're blue Jays fans. First week of December. And we're starting to worry what's new. We got some more baseball coming up on the other side of the show. I will be joined by Dom Donnell to talk a little bit about the Intercounty Baseball League and the newest franchise coming to Chatham. If you're interested in hearing all about the local baseball, don't go anywhere. That's coming up on the other side. World Cup a little later on in the show as well. You're listening to the Smitty and Mitty Show here on the TSMS Radio Network and the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast. Goldline is proud to be a sponsor of the Port Elgin Chrysler 2023 Ontario Tankard and Scotties, presented by Bruce Power, coming to Saugeen Shores January 23rd to the 29th. When you're ready to curl like a pro, shop Goldline, the choice of champions. Finances change as life changes, like when you get married or start a new job or welcome a new member to your family. Each one of them comes with their own unique financial challenge. And I'm here to help you make sense of them and keep you on the path to your financial goals. I'm Dave Middleton, your Sun Life Advisor. Send me an email to dave.middleton at sunlife.com. I'm here to help navigate life's changes. You're listening to The Smitty and Mitty Show. Welcome back to the Smitty and Mitty Show. Joining us now, the newest owner in the Intercounty Baseball League, Mr. Dom Donnell. Dom, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure to have you on the show and get to talk to you a little bit here. Thank you so much uh, for taking this time. No, I really appreciate it. I know there's got to be a lot going on right now, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, stuff that the average person like myself and, and the fans in Chatham aren't getting to see yet. But first of all, uh, congratulations, Dom, on getting this franchise to come to Chatham in 2024. But... What has it been like the last few weeks here with the announcement coming from the Intercounty Baseball League, getting approved from the uh, the city of Chatham and Chatham-Kent? Uh, what's been the emotion like for you? Well, it's very high for sure. I've been waiting for this moment for so long. Uh, actually, after I coached with the majors, uh, London majors, uh, back in 2006, the year after I wanted a team in the league because I liked the, the league uh, very much. Uh, being involved in professional baseball for 12 years as well, and I, I even saw how the league was good, even though it was not really professional, as we could say. Um, but I really liked the, the caliber, the players. Uh, and back in those days, there was a lot of people coming to the game. So it was really promising for me as I wanted to have a team. So uh, the project was put on shelf here and there uh, year after year. And 
then uh, we really started to talk about it uh, before the pandemic. And uh, at the time, I uh, contacted John Kastner, the commissioner at the time. And I said, John, I would like to have a team and a franchise in the in the league. Uh, but it would be an expansion franchise. So what do you guys say about it? So he was really open-minded. And he talked to the ownership group as well. And um, we came up with Chatham at some point uh, after going uh, south, north, east, and west with a few ideas. Uh, trying to find the right place to to uh, put a franchise, and obviously uh, Chatham is a great place to be. A lot of history in baseball. If you uh, guys are aware about Chatham, Ferguson Jenkins is from there. Uh, Bill Atkinson is from there. Doug Melvin is from there. So all all legends uh, in the major league that are from Chatham Kent. So uh, it, it's really a baseball uh, baseball town. If I should mention um, a, a lot of history. So. Uh, it, they have a good facility as well. When we talk about Ferguson Jenkins Field, uh, the playing field, um, like I said, being in professional ball for uh, baseball for a long time, it's comparable. The playing surface is comparable to any minor league team. Uh, I can tell you right now, it, it, it's nice, it's straight, it's like a pool table. The grass is green, and they take care of it really well. So, Chatham Camp was a, a nice place to start for sure. So, Dom, you're not from the area, but obviously you talked to John Kastner, the former commissioner, the outgoing commissioner of the Intercounty Baseball League, and you guys threw around some names, some ideas, and and you were just looking to get a franchise. You named a couple of reasons there, but why Chatham? It's the most westernly point in the Intercounty Baseball League. Now there's going to be some travel involved, but besides the facility, was there anything that drew you to Chatham and putting the team in Chatham? Absolutely. Uh, like I said, the history of baseball in Chatham is great. Uh, the facility is great. But also, and when you, you get a, it's a business huh, at the point. So if you get a business like this, you need the huge support on the politics side. And in, in Chatham, Kent, when I presented the, 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 the project to the mayor of the Chatham, Kent, Mr. Darren Kenneth, he was all pumped up and he supported me from day one, or I should say from minute one until today about this project and this is one of the, the key the key point if you have the politic with you it will it will help very very well secondly uh, the minor league baseball association is a huge uh, they have over 700 kids in uh, with the Chatham minor baseball association and the president uh, Jason Jason Tchaikovsky, excuse me is a huge supporter of the of the the team of the project as well and we have kind of a the same same kind of goal with the with the kids cuz i my life has been uh, going around baseball, obviously, and I've been uh, doing baseball for a living for 29 years now. Uh, I had a baseball camp company for 20 years, and uh, I still have the, the goal to develop kids, not only in baseball, but in life. And, and the president of minor baseball is kind of the same. Like uh, We're trying to build the kids to become future adults, good adults, you know, and uh, and baseball is a good helper and a good transmitter i should say for that and i have the same goal as him so we 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 kind of click the first time we we start we talk about the project again uh he noticed the goals i had and i noticed how he was as well so that was an, another really important fact to establish a franchise in chatham kent like i said politics and baseball we also did a survey noah about two months ago uh through the through the uh, baseball association but some other people as well uh, responded to the, the survey asking uh, if they if they like baseball, if they like going out with family, uh, if they like, uh, there was like seven, eight questions or whatnot. And uh, I tell you what, the results were phew, 
very, very high positively. Uh, even some uh, corporate uh, wanted to say, hey, uh, we're going to sponsor this this team at some point. Come and see us and this and that. So the comments were good. So th the vibe was there already. So it's really positive for, for me as an owner to 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 see all those three three people, like not people, but the politics, the baseball, and the, the community that, that really wants a team. And, and having also, uh, you probably read that in the paper, Ferguson Jenkins as our... Uh, honorary president who accepted uh, to join and Bill Atkinson, which is the team ambassador as well. So, you know, like so many things that, that are positive that you can, well, hope we're not going to go wrong, but it, it, it looks really promising. You know? <laughs> no, it looks like everything is off to a fantastic start. I know the buzz around uh, uh, just the league itself. The league has talked about expansion for years now. Uh, there's yes. been the rumors, there's been the the mumbles about is there going to be expansion where are they going to go chatham was always kind of in the mix there and it's exciting to see especially for myself you know i call games for the london majors to have another city that is so close it starts what is dom seemingly going to be an instant rivalry between london and chatham oh yes definitely and for me as a quebecer as you can hear me <laughs> It reminds me of back in the 80s when the Montreal Canadiens and the Quebec Nordiques had a huge rivalry and it could turn something like that with London and us. Uh, that'd be great. I mean, uh, no fighting like back in the days, but I mean, rivalry uh, between the two teams and, and even the community, like the fans. I'm sure the fans from Chatham will go to London and London will come to Chatham. It's only an hour and a bit to, to come over and uh, it, it could be very, very awesome. And I'm expecting to have a... A good, a good rivalry, for sure. Now, a healthy league, one. <laughs> yeah, a healthy rivalry as well. Uh, the league has uh, accepted you in for 2024, so that gives you now a, a full season to watch and look at the Intercounty Baseball League more in depth and see what other teams are doing. How important is it going to be for you guys to have that extra time? Now, you mentioned how this idea, this project for you has been kind of on the table for years now. Now that you know it's happening, you have yourself a year and a bit to get ready. How important is that time for you to to get everything figured out, establish a team, and get ready for baseball in 2024? Well, no, it is a must. Uh, first thing, when I uh, proposed that to John Kastner, I said, John, I need at least 18 months before first pitch. So whatever year we're shooting for, it has to be at least 18 months. If I have a little bit more, that's even better. Because first of all, it's expansion. We're going to a new community. Some people don't even know the league. Um, during the survey, by the way, 50% of the, the the people that did the survey knew about the league. So that's that's good. But some people don't know. So we need some time to to explain what the league is all about and the good caliber. And like uh, some some teams, as you know, uh, they had Dalton Pompey and uh, they, in Hamilton, they had uh, Pitcher and Andes as well. So they, they are former major leaguers. So our community needs to know about the caliber. It's great baseball. Um, so, so, so yes, this is a really, really, really important. I need at least 18 months. And as well, I need to be in the community because nobody knows me and nobody knows us. So we need to be in the community showing them that we're going to be, uh, <laughs> I have a friend, <laughs> 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 that, I, that, that we're going to be a community team. Like we're going we're gonna to go in schools. We're going to go in malls. Uh, if there are some, uh, hopefully not, but some COVID tests or whatever we can call it, we'll be around and uh, we'll be around year round. Uh, so for for doing it, we need to be uh, to be involved in the community a long time before the first pitch. 
Now for the uh, Chatham IBL franchise that finally will make its way to Chatham in 2024. You talked about how nice the facilities are. Fergie Jenkins Field in Chatham is fantastic. It's a newer facility. Everything is very nice and will fit the IBL perfectly. But uh, we have read and we have heard already, Dom, that there are going to have to be some additions made. What are some of the things that you guys have planned for Fergie Jenkins Field before that first pitch is thrown in 2024? Yes. Uh, first thing first, we need more seats. Uh, the uh, city council and the mayor and all, well, city council accepted to to put some extra seats in there. Uh, we're putting additional on the right side, uh, 250. On the left side, 250 as well. Uh, with people standing and what we add, the structure, the infrastructure behind on play, that would take us to about 1,000 per game. So I'd say about 1,000, it's enough to have a good party and have fun for sure during the summertime. So this is this was number one for sure. Um, number two, uh, we needed. I asked also to have uh, hitters' eyes in the center field, like at Labatt Park. You see, when you're at the when you're in the batter's box, perfect view. Uh, it's easier for the batter, and uh, they didn't have that in Chatham Kent, so we asked for that, which was approved as well. Uh, concession. Uh, they have a, a nice building for concession, but it's made for more minor baseball, so they don't draw that many people so what we're going to do we're going to purchase uh, two custom containers 40 footer and it will be pretty nice on the right side and the left side so first base and third base half of it will be uh, the concession the other half will be a bar and what is going to be really special it's on the second uh, on top of the container there'll be like vip suite and uh, instead of going just for a hot dog, you can go for a nice steak, a nice meal. You know, So that'd be kind of cool for, to do that. Good for cooperation and good for you bring your family for a party or something or a birthday or whatever, a special day at the ballpark. So the, the, these are important. Um, yeah, maybe two minor things. We asked for a tarp around the, the facility so people can see the game from the street because in the IBL, there's a fee to come in, as you know, and uh, they didn't add that in the... Uh, because it's not an actual stadium. You know? so, so they didn't have that. So we asked for this, which was approved. And lastly, uh, batting turtle, uh, hitting turtle. Uh, when you take batting practice and things like that, uh, we needed that. And so it's going to be good as well for the any people that would be playing there. Uh, so these these are the extra, uh, the, the yeah, what we're going to do to the field. Infrastructure. <laughs> Now, we've seen with the most recent uh, new team in the IBL, the Welland Jackfish, they weren't an expansion team, but they relocated uh, from Burlington to go to Welland. And one of the big things that a lot of fans in the IBL will know from watching is that they are very big into the fan experience. And from what you've described to me, Dom, from some of the concessions, the bar, the the rooftop there that you're talking about, uh, it sounds like you as well want to make sure that not only is this a successful franchise on the field, but that this is going to be a place for people in Chatham-Kent to come, bring the family, bring the kids, and enjoy a night out at the ballpark. Exactly. So we want to be a part of the fun in Chatham-Kent so for people to, to do some stuff in the summertime. So instead of going to theater or to whatever thing they want to do with their family, they come to the ballpark. There's a game going on, but there's also a lot of party uh, around the facility. For example, we're going to have a local band playing before the game. We're going to have a local band after the game to stay for another 45 minutes or something. So win or lose, we're going to have fun anyways. And obviously during the, the, the game time, there's going to be a lot of things we're going to do. Uh, 
cannot say everything right now, but <laughs> there'll be lots of fun for sure. So we want to we wanna attract the people, people that love baseball will be coming. We want to attract the one that are not necessarily baseball fan, but they want to have fun in the summer, have a little drink when it's uh, 30 degrees and have fun, you know, and it could be corporation of friends or whatever. So yes, fan experience is really, really important. And these days, this is pretty much what people are doing anyhow. Uh, you, yes, you come for a game, but you come also to have fun. So one of the big questions that a lot of people are going to have here, and I know we'll get the answer uh, within the next year, is is what are we thinking about for the the name of the team? I know it's going to be Chatham Kent. That is going to be the name that starts it. Uh, but have there been any ideas thrown around? Or are we going to just leave this up to the fan vote that I know you guys have talked about? Well, we have a an official press conference that we're going to be doing this week on Friday morning in Chatham Kent. And uh, at the press conference, we're going to be throwing a name the team contest in the community. So people will have to go to on our uh, website and uh, punch punch on the little button and uh, give us some suggestions to to win uh, something special, obviously. <laughs> but uh, we want to involve the community and that we never know what we're going to come up with. Huh? It could be very, very cool. So having uh, like six, seven people thinking about it compared to having a whole community we can come up with something very interesting uh, by involving uh, a lot of people. And that's what, what we're going to do. Well, I know we're all excited to see the uh, Chatham IVL team, see what they're going to become, the name. I know that's one of the big things that we are all looking forward to is is seeing and looking forward to 2024. Local baseball talent, we know that there's lots of talent to come out of Chatham, Kent. And really a benefit for you guys as well is that anything west of Chatham, so a lot of good ball players in Windsor as well, gives them a closer place to play in the Ender County Baseball League. Have you guys been in talks with any players yet, or is that stuff you're going to wait until you have a few more of the front office things figured out? Correct. The first thing to do is really the business side of it. So uh, we already built, not completely, but they're starting to build our front office. Uh, some of the people are going to be presented at the press conference, obviously. And uh, that's the first thing to do, to set up like the business part and establish ourselves. And the baseball part will come... Uh, in a few months from now. So the first thing will be to uh, to choose a general manager. And from there, we're going to build the baseball operations. Well, Dom, I appreciate you joining me. I do have one final question here. I know you're uh, a native of Montreal and you're going to start making your way down here in towards southwestern Ontario a little bit. Uh, if you had to pick one thing that you are most excited about for this entire situation, getting the team, uh, having the team on the field in 2024, are you just looking forward to opening day to get that out of the way? What are you most excited about, Tom? Tell you what, I cannot say one thing. I'm excited about everything. I'm excited about the weather in Chatham compared to my house. That's one thing, <laughs> that's for sure. I'm excited about the baseball part of it because I've been involved in baseball all my life and I'm passionate about it for sure. I'm excited about being in the community because I heard so many good things and uh, seeing people all enthusiastic about it, it, it makes me pumped. I mean, I'm really excited about it. So I can't wait to be in town and, and go to corporations and go to schools and see people smiling about it. And when they see our mascot at some point and People will love to have us and will love to be there. So I'm excited about everything. Uh, there's not one thing. There's many things. Well, I know if there's anything like uh, the junior hockey team that plays in Chatham, the people are going to be excited about having another team to cheer for in the summer. So, uh, Don, do you have any places? Yeah, are you guys on social media? Is there any places that fans can follow you guys to stay up to date? Um, I know you mentioned the press conference coming up this Friday, uh, this week. 
Is there any place that fans that if they want to follow you can find you guys on social media? We will be, everything will be launched uh, at the press conference or on Friday morning. It will be announced on Friday morning uh, that, uh, yeah, all our social media will be. So our website, our Facebook page, our uh, Instagram, and uh, what's the other one? Uh, Instagram page. Jeez, there's, there's another one. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, what's the other one? Twitter. Thank you. Right, thank you. you. Yeah. If, yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah. It will be launched on uh, on Friday. Are the are the birds going to make the trip with you as well, Dom? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, uh, Noah. We have eighteen animals because my wife works uh, with animals as she is a zoo therapist, and uh, we have horses. We have anyway. We have eight, eighteen uh, animals. So when we move to Chatham, because eventually we're going to be moving, it's going to be a big move. <laughs> we're going to need a big truck for that, <laughs> bringing all the animals in the family. Well, it sounds like it's going to be fun once you do make the trip. Uh, once again, Dom Dumel joining me here on the show to talk about the IBL expansion team coming to Chatham, Kent in 2024. Dom, thank you for joining me. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. And I know that uh, in the coming years, we'll probably have a few more conversations and look forward to see Chatham on the field in 2024. That'd be my pleasure. Thank you so much for taking this time, Noah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Finances change as life changes, like when you get married or start a new job or welcome a new member to your family. Each one of them comes with their own unique financial challenge, and I'm here to help you make sense of them and keep you on the path to your financial goals. I'm Dave Middleton, your Sun Life Advisor. Send me an email to dave.middleton at sunlife.com. I'm here to help navigate life's changes. Goldline is proud to be a sponsor of the Port Elgin Chrysler 2023 Ontario Tankard and Scotties, presented by Bruce Power, coming to Saugeen Shores January 23rd to the 29th. When you're ready to curl like a pro, shop Goldline, the choice of champions. This is the Smitty and Mitty Show. Welcome back to the Smitty Mitty Show here on the TSMS Radio Network and the Smitty Mitty Show podcast. Big thanks, Dom Donnell, for joining me on the show. Mitty, uh, unable to make that interview, but we talked a little bit about the IBL, uh, the newest expansion team coming to Chatham. So, uh, Mids, did you have any like thoughts on this team coming to Chatham and uh, how the city is going to grace this newest IBL franchise? Uh, I'm excited. I actually love Chatham. I think it's a great little town. Um, or a little city, if you will. It's a great city. It's got a, it, it has a deep and rich history in baseball, um, all the way from you know the the All Stars to to Fergie Jenkins to just you know it has an amazing ball field, and I can't wait to see uh, to see what hopefully are thousands of fans. I, I played there multiple times. My first Ontario Championship was one on that uh, very field. I think they're going to have to do some things to that field to make it. Um, men ready because it is very short to right field and i haven't heard the interview but i'm sure you did talk about that or or, or something like that so um yeah i mean i'm excited another team in this area it's a natch it, it could be a natural rival for the uh for the london majors i would think and who knows maybe maybe i'll throw my name in the ring and see if i can uh, get a pitching appearance for the old chatham blanks toss toss the name in the hat and see what happens yeah chit to throw my name in the in the Chatham hat. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if, if you talked about names or anything like that, but um, I, talked, I have talked a, a little bit. They're having the name the team contest. So, okay. Did you, well, did I, you have a suggestion and entry, if you will? I, I do. I do. Um, I like just the Chatham Reds. I don't know why. I just like it. It seems very fitting. 
Um, I also like the Chatham Fergies. Okay. Now it means nothing except for Fergie Jenkins. It would basically be a team name for um, for for Fergie, but I, I think it just kind of fits is the 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 Chatham Fergies. I think it just it just fits. I don't know what your mascot would be because it can't just be Fergie Jenkins forever. Fer- Fergie's this there all the time. How about a one dollar beer because he was the pitcher on one dollar beer night? There you go. <laughs> That's a good little or piece. Sorry, of ten cent. Day. Sorry, ten cent beer ten, night. Ten cent beer night. Which, yeah. So, uh, so you can make it a, a ten cent piece. Current translation into our economy, it's probably a dollar beer night, though. But still, would you take a dollar beer night? You know how drunk I would be a dollar beer night. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You know how drunk all those people were there. Oh, if you haven't, there is. Listen, if there's anybody out there that has not heard about ten cent beer night, go read the story. Uh, I think there's even some like documentary style videos out there. There is an amazing it's, podcast called The Dollop, and it's just two guys who mess around, and, and um, one tells a history story, and the other one like, just tells jokes, basically, about this. And it's Tencent Beer Night. It was like their third show, and it is one of the funniest things I've ever listened to. It, that was a crazy, crazy night. They, they expected like 40,000 people. I think they got like 65. Yeah. And, and they did it in like July when all the kids just got back from university too. Like it was just so poor. You were allowed to have, I think you were allowed to have four beers per purchase. Now you might be sitting there thinking, well, that's not bad. Like four beers in a night. No, 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 no. I said four beers per purchase, yeah, which means time, you could just buy four beers <laughs> again, 40 cents, hand it to your friend behind you and then get, uh, I don't know, four more beers, as many beers as you can carry down to your seat and then just come back. They ran out of beer. Um, the, the beer girls who were standing there selling it, they quit because they were like 17 and they were just getting harassed. Uh, there were people walking around just with kegs. It was great. It was hilarious. It's great. The teams had to like four there. It was, I think it's the only forfeit to ever happen in major league baseball. Yeah, it was, it was up there. It's, it's up the there with ter- terrible promotions. Like what a time for baseball. Cause I think it was a, in and around like my memory's a little foggy and I wasn't alive back then, but in and around the same era is like disco demolition night, yeah. which is another terrible promotion that went wrong. But like, man, could you imagine something like that happen nowadays? Uh, there, man, there has been a lot of fantastic giveaways. Um, there was, and I, I hope I'm allowed to say this on radio. There was, I believe in Tampa Bay one time by the same owner who did. Um, it actually might've been in AAA. But in the same owner that owner that did Disco Demolition Night, he it was a free vasectomy night. You got a uh, a coupon for a vasectomy, and uh, he also did giveaways for like live animals. Like you go to a game and come home with a pig. Hmm. So yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, I, I I forget the gentleman's name, but he was quite the promoter. <laughs> oh yeah, baseball the uh, the home of weird promotions. Well, the, doesn't that just show how lovely our sport is that you have to. Uh, you have to do those stupid promotions to get people into the building sometimes. Hey, you got to do it. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, anyways, we got about five or six minutes left here on the back half of the show. So what we should probably do, because we didn't get a chance to talk about it um, last week, is talk a little bit about the World Cup and Canada's appearance at the World Cup. Because as we all know, three and out for Team Canada at the World Cup in Qatar. And... I guess the best way to start this conversation is disappointment, yes or no? I'm going to go with yes. Um, I know that there's a lot of people who say just getting there and competing in the way that we did through three matches minus minus the middle one. 
Um, but well, it was good enough to show that we are on the soccer stage and at least build for the next year. But I think to me, I, th- I just don't think we were ever really in a game. It felt to me like we were always two, three steps behind that it, it showed that our soccer, na- that we are not a soccer nation. And when we come up against uh, some really powerful teams and granted that group turned out to be the group of death turned out to be a for uh, a horrible the number two Belgians did not make it out of the group stage along with Canada and and you got you know uh, two really strong teams who did and, and make it out so like the the group ended up being really strong Canada got a couple goals yes one was an own goal but I think that they did at least show that they can kind of compete on that stage, but it was still a disappointment for me. Yeah. I don't know if um, it was a disappointment for me because I didn't think the expectations were that high, but it's Um, a step back, right? Like it's a step back. If you look at how much Canadian soccer pride has been growing, making it out of CONCACAF and into the world cup. I think that's a small step backwards and not a step forwards that you would have wanted to see on the world stage. I don't disagree with you there, but is the small step backwards not minuscule in the grand scheme of things in terms of what a big step forward it was to get back into the world's biggest tournament? Like getting back to the World Cup for the first time in 30-whatever years it was is such a big step that not making it out of the group stage is not a disappointment. I will say that I was hoping for Canada to maybe win a game. Winning a game would not have gotten them out of that group, as it turned out. That was not going to be what it needed to do. One win, two losses was not going to do it. So maybe it would have been nice to see a win. But we got to see a goal. We got to cheer on our country. And you know what? I think it is going to rejuvenate soccer, football in this country for the years to come. If they go out and do that again in four years, if they're back there, things start to get super disappointing. I, well, I would ass- I would assume that they get an automatic berth because we're the next host, right? We're one of the next hosts. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. So I would assume. I don't know that for sure. I'd, how many Concacaf teams make it? Because there was the USA. There was USA, Canada, Mexico, Canada, Mexico. They were all in it this year. So is there Peru? Is there four teams? You would logically think that that the three of them would. Now the three of them should 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 be the champions anyways right like those should be the teams that make it out in the first place especially building up usa looked pretty strong um, mexico's always strong and canada i mean won the 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 qualifying this year so you would think those are the teams to make it out yeah i just and you make a good point that a big step forward and a small step backwards my only problem would be what do people remember they have short memories and that small step backwards on a national stage we might have seen that huge step forward but somebody in the States, somebody in Mexico, somebody in Europe, somebody in Asia didn't see that big step forward. All they saw was, oh, Canada got the absolute, you know, what kicked out of them on the world stage. So for us, maybe there was that step forward and a small one back. And I hope Canadian fans don't just remember that small step back. But I mean, it's going to leave us a sour taste in my mouth. And now we have to wait four years. Yeah, that's the only downside about you got to wait another uh, four years before Canada gets another shot back at it. Um, 0-3, tight game to open up the tournament. Game two didn't go very well. And then another tight game to finish off the tournament once they were already eliminated um, from the chance of moving on uh, to the knockout stages. But it just, I wonder if things are going to change 
in Soccer Canada with the men's national team. Do you think that they're going to look elsewhere in terms of coaching? John Herdman has done a fantastic job with this group, um, fantastic job with the women's group as well. Are they going to look at trying to make a change to elevate themselves to that next level? How are you going to elevate past a guy who has won World Cups? I mean, John Herdman is, is by all accounts, an amazing coach so he's not as long as he doesn't want to go anywhere and and by the sounds of it he does not he wants to stay here and and really push that men's team to to you know make it out of the group stage to keep moving forward so as long as he wants to come back he is going to I wonder how much of a difference it would have made so game one against Belgium about four minutes in five minutes in you get a free kick from Mm. the from the spot and I, I believe it was Alfonso Davies could not bury it I wonder how much the tournament would have been different if that goes in, because all of a sudden you have a little momentum. You probably end with a nil or with a one-one draw. You get your one point each way, and then you score first against Croatia. And I feel like you're just moving downhill at that point. You got so much momentum that even if you do lose against Croatia at that point, then when when you go into your third match, now you just have all this. Hey, we can win. We can move on if we win here, and it's going to feel a little different when you know Canada did outplay in two games their opponents. Yeah, that uh, the missed kick, it it starts the tournament out on the wrong foot is what it does. And you're all excited. Everyone just sang the anthem. You got guys like you who are in your truck pulled over, listening, watching the game. You got guys like me that are trying to sneak a peek um, on my computer at work. The nation has its eyes watching and then um, a chance to really elevate right away almost instantly and then you don't get it and then you kind of felt like i don't know about you i felt like after that like there was no way we were winning that game uh no it's there was one once okay once belgium scored right before half it was over it felt over it really felt like there was it it was one of those matches where you're just you're constantly putting pressure something like 10 shots two on net great game soccer but that's a lot. That's a lot of shots to have towards the net. It felt like we had pressure constantly. And all of a sudden, Belgium goes down and scores, and this is against the number two country in the world. That just takes all the wind out of your sails. So you miss your free kick. And then uh, Belgium scores right before the half, and now you're just you're in the dumps and you're, you're battling uphill. And it just felt like it was uphill ever since then at that point. So I just wonder if it, w- if it would have been different if, if that goal or that that, that – kick from the spot that penalty could have been could have been converted how much different the tournament might have been i guess we'll just have to sit here and wonder and uh, as we have uh, alluded to the nice thing about the world cup is we only have four years to think about everything <laughs> before we years. have to get back to again uh we're gonna go ahead and take a break because we've got to finish off the show on the other side don't go anywhere smitty and Mitty show wraps up for another week here on the tsms radio network Finances change as life changes, like when you get married or start a new job or welcome a new member to your family. Each one of them comes with their own unique financial challenge, and I'm here to help you make sense of them and keep you on the path to your financial goals. I'm Dave Middleton, your Sun Life Advisor. Send me an email to dave.middleton at sunlife.com. I'm here to help navigate life's changes. 
Gold Line is proud to be a sponsor of the Port Elgin Chrysler 2023 Ontario Tankard and Scotties, presented by Bruce Power, coming to Saugeen Shores January 23rd to the 29th. When you're ready to curl like a pro, shop Gold Line, the choice of champions. Now back to the Smitty and Mitty Show. Welcome back to the Smitty and Mitty Show here on the TSMS Radio Network, finishing things off for yet another week here on the show and another great hour long of sports content that we are really proud, really happy to bring to you, aren't we, Mr. Middleton? Always. I'm always excited to bring an hour of our best content. We've never given worse than our best. That's true. Is that our Is motto it... now? New motto? Never worse than our best? That's not bad. That's actually pretty clever. I'm just, just saying. Did we just fall backwards into our new slogan? Might have. We used to be. Did we, did we have an old are. slogan? Yes. Our, our slogan right now is uh, mediocre, mediocre sports talk. The best mediocre sports talk in the basement in Ilderton? Yes, that is our motto. But now, well, I forget it already. What did you say? What, what, was, what was the motto? Uh-oh, we're going to have to run the tape back. <laughs> Do no, I remember ne- what I said? Never, never worse than our best. There you oh, go. there we go. That's not bad. Go. I already remembered it. See? You know what? I like it the second time better than the first time. It slides right off the tongue as long as you remember what it is. Can I thank our sponsors? Yep. Dave Middleton, Sunlight Financial. Light is brighter under the sun. Goldline Curling, the choice of champions. Also the sponsor of the 2023 Ontario Taker and Scotty's happening in Port Elgin, Ontario. Check online for ticket availability as we will be there. I haven't confirmed that. I'm assuming we're going to be there. We're going to try to make a day, right? Try to make it at least one day of the tournament. It's going on for an entire week now because it's not just the uh, uh, the tankard. It is the women's event as well. So we're going to try to make it up um, sometime in the seven days that it's running. And uh, plus the uh, I I don't know if I don't know if I mentioned this when it was happened the Port Elgin Super Spiel, which is the qualification for the tankard happened in Port Elgin and uh, Mr. Howard. Mr. Glenn Howard was actually there trying to compete and get book his ticket early so we could just take a break. And uh, he ended up having dinner with my parents and uh, with Kate, who was on the show before. So uh, he did say hi. He uh, he said uh, congratulations to us and that he would like to uh, like to talk to us again. So we're gonna have to talk to Glenn at some point because he is truly a friend of the Smitty and Mitty show. He might be the only gift we've ever given out. Yes, we we sent him shirts, so you know he's a friend when, and uh, he actually like somewhat recognized us when we went up to talk to him last time. So uh, if that doesn't say friend of the show, I don't know what does. So if we see him at this year's Tankard, without introducing ourselves, chances he remembers us. Uh, 65? Is that low? Is that high? If I gave you plus, plus 110 odds... I would take it. Yeah. I would take it. He meets a lot of people only, at a time. Only if I'm with you. Because I so think we'd, we'd like, be together. he's more likely to remember you than me. And Why? maybe more likely to remember you than you and me together. So, uh, like, throw the I think we need to be together. I think we are a team together. I think if we're separate, he's not going to recognize. Granted, it'll help that we'll be wearing our jackets as well. Yeah. We're going to wear giant shirts that say Smitty and Mitty. So. Yeah, so that will probably help as well. But I, I think you would notice us together. I think we could actually sit down and have a beer with them this time, maybe. Yeah, we'll have to give it a shot. Anyways, we are right up against the wall here. Uh, thank you for everyone for tuning in for yet another week here on the TSMS Radio Network. And if you were listening in on the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast, 
we appreciate you doing so. We'll have more sports content coming up next week here as we approach our way towards the new year and the holidays. We say thank you for watching. Stay safe, and we'll see you next week.